We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. Another live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Emprise was recently named Best Small Bank in Kansas by Newsweek. Remember, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight unless, of course, it's a 6'8", 345-pound offensive tackle. I'm going to weigh 345 after Thanksgiving week. I can just tell you that much. <laughs> Emprise Bank, member FDIC, immensely thankful, especially this week today for Emprise Bank and all they've done uh, for us at KC Sports Network. And I'm very thankful for the two pals that I'm sitting with here today on Thanksgiving Eve for another live episode of the KC Laboratory. First, find them on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Matthew Lane. Happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Kent. I, I just wanted to say I'm also thankful for Tucker, who's sitting here just behind the scenes. <laughs> Tucker, I also appreciate you too. So thank you for being here, Tuck. I know, I know, Kent doesn't, but I do. Uh, I just want to say, you know, for all of you that are not joining us live and that are catching this Thursday morning, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully, you're listening to this while you're traveling to see some family, some friends for Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people in the past have said that's when they listen to some of these holiday editions. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening now. But I think I got to be done talking because there, there's some big, big news that came in and it has nothing to do with the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're going to let the big RM take it away. You had to ruin it with a nickname, didn't you? You had to ruin it. <laughs> Guys, we got big news. Kansas City's getting a Macadoodles. You Woo! heard me right. Yeah! There is one coming to Lee's Summit in the summer of 2022. Oh, you guys, next year, you're going to have a Macadoodles in Kansas City. But that doesn't mean that you stop trying to bring more Macadoodles here. Listen, one more than more than one Super Bowl. More, Yeah, yeah. You don't stop when you're on top. You want to get more and more and more. So that way, this Hall of Fame level liquor store is a first ballot Hall of Fame level liquor store <laughs> because there's so many of them in Kansas City. So... Thank you for helping us bring one of these to Kansas City. And if you are still on the fence about it, you missed out on being the first, you can still be the second. Get all the Roger info at macadoodles.com. Let's bring more of them here. I can't wait. I can't wait to go to the opening of that. This is going to be so awesome. It's so great. I was just, it's so, it's so much fun. It's been really fun to partner with, with, uh, with Macadoodles for sure. And um, there's, 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 
there's potential for more out there. Uh, so make sure you jump on. Make sure you make sure you take advantage of a wonderful opportunity. So um, yeah, we're gonna take this wonderful opportunity just to spend a little time talking about a couple of things today. We want to talk a little about the cheese, obviously current cheese, but we also want to get into the draft just a little bit too, and maybe just kind of have some conversations there because it's you know it's a downtime. I know I'm gonna be spending a lot of time during the bye week getting a little draft work done, um, getting ready for the KC draft guide. Uh, which will be back again this year for sure. Um, and uh, really excited about the, this iteration of it coming up. Uh, and, and there's a little bit of behind the scenes work starting. This is about this is about the time of year when we really start ramping up towards. Uh, I, well, except for Maddie. Uh, <laughs> Maddie has been. Maddie's already on to 2023. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk some draft too. We'll just, we'll get into a little bit of it too. So. Um, but I, I wanted to ask this question, you guys, because, you know, we just got through this hashtag no loss November. And I don't want to say the schedule lightens up, but the schedule lightens up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think the, the Broncos have certainly come down to earth since, you know, when we saw them, you know, or looked at them five weeks, you know, into the season and said, oh, this could be a this could be a challenge. There's two games against them. There's one game against the Raiders who are just, you know, falling, you know, fast. One game against the Chargers, probably the biggest game of the year. Steelers, Bengals. Those are those are the games that you have left on this schedule. And the Chiefs have shown a propensity to just run the table, get hot late. They did it in their Super Bowl run uh, after starting the season six and four, and then they ran the table. Uh, do we think that this team is? I, I think that they're capable. I think we all believe that they're capable. I, I, can we get that statement out of the way, Maddie? Yeah. Or Yes, they are they, okay. are cap- they are capable of winning any football game that they played in a given time because they have Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Okay, so do we believe that they are going to run the table? That's the question I want to unpack a little bit today, and we will start with Matthew Lane. It's really tricky. I think the way this team has played for the entire year on both sides of the ball, just the, the overall team, the way they've played, I do think it seems like it'd be a bit of a stretch to say that they're about to reel off what would that end up being? 10 straight wins to end the year and go into the playoffs like on that kind of win streak? It seems unlikely. But then you kind of start looking at the schedule and it certainly lightens up compared to the pre bye week schedule. It's not the same caliber of opponents through and through. You don't have the same you know level of team each and every week. The only the big issue, the big obstacle I see is the Chiefs have four divisional games coming out of this bye week. And everybody knows divisional games are very difficult. They are harder than they've ever been. We've seen the Chiefs over the past two to three years, you know, these divisional games have been getting closer and closer because these coaches, these teams are going out of their way to target their offseason building process around beating the Chiefs. You've seen that getting closer and closer until last year. The Raiders were able to beat the Chiefs earlier this year. The Chargers beat the Chiefs when it mattered, not counting, you know, this resting starters game and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you see these teams that are finally able in the division to beat the Chiefs. It's very possible to lose, to drop a game in the division during this last half. I don't think it's a gimme win like it seemed like as of last year, the year before. So I think that's kind of where you have to start. Do you, Craig, do you think they go 4-0 in the division after the bye week? Oh man, I'm yes, I do. I'm I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that. Yes, I do. I think the Raiders are a shell of themselves at this point, and I mean, who can blame them with everything that they've had going on? Like, I I, I get the reason why, and because of that, I think that the Chiefs have an opportunity to get up big on them again. You know, especially if Gus Bradley's still playing that 
fairly static cover three defense again i think the chiefs have an opportunity to get up in that game a little bit bigger and if they get up in that game they could pull their starters a little sooner i think we're all worried about the thursday night game that would happen immediately after that raiders game so i think there's an opportunity for the chiefs to maybe jump out get those guys a little more rest not have to show too terribly much especially when you know the Chargers aren't playing anywhere remotely close to that kind of defense. So you don't have to show too terribly much and you can still execute at a high level. So I, I do think that that's the case. I am, and, and I'll admit it, I am a little bit curious how this Broncos team plays the Chiefs. I think we know how the Chargers play the Chiefs. The Chiefs moved the ball really well. The Chiefs just didn't turn the ball or turn the ball over, you know, their first three possessions of the game. Like just don't do that and you beat that Chargers team. But I'm curious to see how the Denver Broncos defense plays this team. They are ascending. Make no mistake. They they have been pretty good even after losing Von Miller. They've been pretty good. So I'm curious to see how it looks out of the bye. That's when we're going to get the best game. I'm a little worried about that second game. Like that might be the one that I'm a little worried about them coming out and and dropping a game against a divisional opponent. But I think they're going to give the Chargers everything they can handle and actually win that game. Yeah, I think the Thursday one's the trickiest one. It's actually the third game that is that they have left on this schedule. There's a big 12-game stretch, or 12-day stretch, I believe, against three divisional opponents. Raiders, mm-hmm. or Broncos, Raiders, then they go to L.A. in a short week. Um, I'm, I, I feel really good. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and I know, like, we, I think, unpack, you know, we, we've unpacked all the offensive issues. And... We've discussed the offensive issues, and I can't believe that we're sitting here seven and four, heading into the bye week, uh, and we are discussing and having discourse about whether the offense is going to be able to allow this team to achieve a big goal of of base of going ten and zero. You know, I, to, to I mean, I can't. You watch this defense lately? I can't. <laughs> I can totally believe it. No, they're outstanding. They're amazing. I'm going to milk this for everything, <laughs> as you should. Um, but I, you know, like, I think this first game out could be really vital. You know, like I, I think that, I think the Broncos season's on the brink and I, you know, I think they could, I think they could, I think they could get lost very quickly depending on this, how this next couple weeks go. So like, you know, if they go and they lose their first game, they, they go and lose to the chargers, uh, while the chiefs have the bye week and then they come back around and they come in on Sunday night football. And they go out and they and they lose five and seven. That makes that second. I think it makes that that second Broncos game a little bit easier because I think yeah. we're. I think that team's on the brink of, of of being lost. I think, you know, I think the Raiders season is lost. I mean, the Chargers are definitely going to play through. I think they are going to be able to have something to play through, through for the entirety of the year. The funny thing is, we're looking at this. You know, we looked at the stat, the vaunted stat of, I don't know, three weeks ago. It said the Chiefs had opponents. Uh, every single opponent that the Chiefs were going to play are 500 or better. That's still true. Yeah. <laughs> still true somehow. And it's just crazy how now we're sitting here seven and four. The Chiefs have won four straight. And we're looking at a, a group of six teams, 500 or better. And we're just like, yeah, six and oh seems about right. Like, this is feasible. This is possible. And um, the funny part is, if the Broncos beat the Chargers, it's still true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And that could I, happen too. Like, uh, yeah, it's statistically, 
Yeah, statistically, their opponents are very good. It's just compared to just what I guess, and maybe it's preconceived notions heading into the season. Just the front sure. half of the schedule looked looks or seems a lot stronger than this back half. I think I think a lot of it is we're still looking at so many divisional opponents. It's hard to place them properly. I think right now, especially when you consider the trajectory of Denver of the Raiders, and that's, I don't think any of us are overly worried about either one of those games. And it sounds like we're all kind of in the same in the same boat that we think the Chargers game will be the biggest hurdle. The Chiefs defense really did have a tough time stopping them the first time around. Now the defense is playing infinitely better now. It's just that first mm-hmm. matchup. The Chargers really did have the defense's number. Is that flip has the offense solved the too high shell issue that Brandon Staley is going to show? There's a lot of questions, but I, I don't know if you guys have a lot more on the schedule, but I have one more bit. If the Chiefs are going to drop a game, another game to the AFC North, which team is it going to be to? Which are the Bengals or the Steelers more likely to beat the Chiefs? Bengals. Bengals. And I get I get all the reasons why the Steelers could that defense is good enough, especially if Minka's healthy and TJ Watts playing. Like I they can they can wreck it. But uh, the Bengals are one of the few things teams that I feel like are just going to keep chucking the ball at, at these cornerbacks and forcing them to keep making the play. And I don't know. Right now, I feel good about it. Get with me before that game. I, I've seen I've seen it swing. So yeah, I'm, I'm Bengals. All Jamar Chase does is catch big touchdowns. Like he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I I cannot overstate how good he's been this year. And it's just so funny. Everybody was worried about him dropping the football in the preseason. And now he's out here just wrecking dudes. And he's a guy that him and Joe Burrow outside the numbers is not a low percentage throw. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's legit. So like, I, yeah, I would go with the Bengals too. I don't think the Bengals defense is terrible. They're not good. I wouldn't classify them as good. And I don't think they yeah. have a lot of stars. And I don't think they have like a game record in their front seven. But they have a lot of solid football players, and they've done some, you know, they've done a decent job um, on the defensive side of the football to, to get to where they're at. So that's, I, yeah, I, the Bengals are still salty. Like, but I, I, I go. Yeah. I was just going to say, they're an interesting team because efficiency wise, even on offense, they're terrible. They're one of the least efficient teams at mm-hmm. getting third downs, converting first downs to third downs. They are absolutely abysmal in terms of their efficiency on offense, but they're explosive plays waiting to happen. They are the boomer bust offense. So yeah, if you were going to pick a random team to all of a sudden solve this Chiefs defensive renaissance, it would be a team that can live or die off of these big explosive chunk plays. I don't think the Steelers game doesn't scare me the way the Chiefs defense is playing currently. They the, These are the games they're winning. You want to try to have this low scoring battle with the Chiefs? Like yeah. I will trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to be able to put together two scoring drives to outscore you and this, you know, team's matchup of a game that's going to end 19 to 16 or whatever it may be so like I, I feel good about the Steelers game I don't think their offense can score enough to beat this Chiefs defense it's just that Bengals one concerns me because that's going to put pressure back on an offense that listen to me talk I have absolutely no trust in right now <laughs> what, what a world we live in yeah and yeah. I, yeah, I'm the I'm the same way. Ben Ben Roethlisberger's gonna try and throw some of those out routes against the Chiefs defense, Chiefs cornerbacks that are just squatting hard on the flat, and whoo, there, there gonna be a lot of interceptions that game. Chiefs throws a generous word for what he does. <laughs> it is ugly. Like they they had a they had a third and thirty eight or a fourth and thirty eight in their game last week and like they it was a had to have it play at the end of the game and they couldn't even get the ball like to the thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Like or thirty eight yards. I 
you know, we talked a couple of days ago and this is, this is not tra- This is not based on what we've seen entirely, but like, I just have a feeling this is just gut feel. I just feel like this team is going to pull, pull, pull this together offensively. I I'm starting to it's borderline on belief in a weird year, the weirdest year in the national football league I've covered the weirdest year in the national football football league. I've seen one of the weirdest in my lifetime. I mean, I think that's, I mean, Craig, Craig, that's, that's a bigger statement for you since you're so old, but like, honestly, like this is one of the weirdest years I've seen bad teams are beaten. You know, the, the only Titans losses are against terrible football teams. Like this, this whole season is just so bizarre. It feels like the Chiefs caught the tail end or the the front end of the bizarreness. It kind of feels like they're gonna eventually round out and figure some things out. I just, I have too much trust in Mahomes and and Andy Reid to pull this thing together. And so my optimism just continues to grow as we. Maybe it's because it's Thanksgiving and I know I'm about to eat a big turkey tomorrow that I'm just feeling good. (laughs) But there's just a lot of optimism right now for me about about this offense uh even though i i know maddie there's the cynic in you is gonna it wants to just just drive to kansas city and beat me up but uh it's just put you in a headlock (laughs) give you a big hug put you in a headlock and give you a noogie that's all i want to (laughs) do there's there is no there is no reason other than i just think andy coming out of the bye and patrick mahomes and I, if if they do, then they're they're gonna peak at the right time and go into the playoffs, the prohibitive favorite to make it back. And I'll and I'll say this too, real quick. If they go undefeated, they are going to be the one seed. Yeah. I, I think it is a hundred percent. I know right now they it, what's crazy is they won't have the tiebreaker with teams like the Bills, teams like the Titans. I, I don't care. I genuinely believe right now, even though the Titans and the Bills technically are ahead of them right now. I think that I think the Chiefs run the table. And I think they're the one seed. I can't believe I'm saying that, and I dismiss the idea of that being possible. I think it's happening. I genuinely think it's happening. So your prediction is the, that they don't lose again. Then that, that's your prediction. Correct, and okay. that might even include into February, where I feel right now. I'm not going there yet. I'm not ready. But listen, we said no loss November. We go back to being insufferable Chiefs fans. I'm back, baby. Super Bowl or bust. Let's go. Man, that is tough. That's <laughs> that is a ridiculously tough ask of, it's okay. of this team. Non-believers, I, it's okay. I I mean, yeah, you're clearly a believer. And you know, you you say it's because of Thanksgiving, Kent. They haven't the, the the Lions and the Bears haven't played yet. Like you're gonna watch that game and be like, listen, Mahomes is fine. He's fixed. The offense is great. <laughs> like, he, because those teams are going to be garbage. But, I mean, yeah, the AFC, they, nobody took hold. Nobody. I mean, you, you don't trust the Titans without Derrick Henry. You don't. That offense has looked inept at best since he's been out, and understandably so. They built around him. Uh, you know, the Bills don't look like they can do much of anything offensively either. Uh, the Patriots are the only team that look like they're doing something offensively, and – I'm still not buying them yet. I mean, uh, listen, they're putting together some performance. I'm still not buying them yet. We'll see. We'll see. But, you know, I nobody is taking that commanding step and doing it consistently, other than the Patriots. 
Nobody's doing that consistently right now and beating the teams that they should in the ways that they should. And so, yeah, of course, you look at the rest of the AFC and you're like, why not the Chiefs? Like, if the defense is playing well, we have enough faith in Andy and Mahomes to recreate it, recapture it at some point. Like, it makes sense why people are so high on them, why Vegas has always been so high on them, because they, you know, kind of assume that they'd figure it out. And I don't know. Matty, what what do you think? Are they going to win out? Well, we're, we're going to get my, my skepticism has got to come back in here uh, okay. to, to go against what Kent was saying. So <laughs> I felt similar to how Kent did after the Packers game and then the Raiders game. Like you put those two back to back, the Packers offensive performance wasn't good, but I saw what they were trying to do to beat the issue. I could actually, I could visualize it. I could see the changes. So I was feeling like, okay, they're trying. We're getting somewhere. The Raiders game, it was hard to read because it came on the back of the changes that you saw, and then it was really good versus an entirely different, useless kind of defense to judging how the offense is playing. And then it all went away again. Then it just all went away again. It's like that did, that zapped away all my just homeristic belief that they are just going to figure it out. And like, I need to start seeing why they're going to figure out it or how. Obviously, Andy Reid knows more about football than just about anybody in the world. So if there's someone that can do it, it's him. It's Patrick Mahomes, Kafka, Biennemi, all these guys. They'll put it together if it can be done. I just have to see it before I'm ready to jump back in because they already hurt me by making me watch whatever that offensive performance was this past weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. Next, as far as being the the one seed, they just they need too many teams to win twi- to lose twice. They can't be tied with anybody. They are going to lose a head-to-head right. tie. They're going to lose a three-way tie because their conference schedule or record is terrible. They've lost all the head-to-head matchups. They literally need every other team to lose twice. They just need to no. They just need to if they win out. If they win out, I mean, all they need, the only teams that they really need to lose twice are Tennessee and Baltimore. And honestly, right. I think both of those teams are due for two or more. Like I think both of those teams regress. So now you all just, you're like. You need, but you just you need, need a lot of help, though, because you need that, and then you, you also need the Patriots and Buffalo to lose another game. Like you're just you're asking for how many losses did we just say? You're asking for six losses throughout yeah, the rest so, of the year from to get there. Can they do it? Sure. Like it's it's very mathematically possible. It's just it's hard for me to expect them to do so, even if they win out. It's hard for me to anticipate them being the one seed. Now I, the good news: the Titans, Patriots, and Bills all play each other. I believe mm-hmm. the Patriots play the Titans and the Bills twice. So the Bills obviously play the uh, Patriots twice. Like there is some inter matchups going on there. It's just, that's a lot of losses you need from the other quote unquote good teams to get the one seed. But there and is I no good point teams. Yourself, point. Right. I think I'm just I, pointing to the AFC in general. So yeah, go kid. I just, I think, well, I just, there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of like, I don't, I don't really buy a ton of these AFC teams. That's the problem. Like, I look at like let's look at the Ravens, Browns twice. Okay, they have to like, maybe the Browns catch them. I could see the Browns very easily catching them because, I mean, honestly, I, I think the the, Bill, the the Ravens have played poorly against some teams. They play the Packers, they play the Bengals again, mm-hmm. they play mm-hmm. the Rams, they play mm-hmm. the Steelers. Like that is a tough schedule. That is a tough it stretch. Is. That's actually and, not that's tough. Yeah. Okay, so if the if the Patriots and the Bills split, like okay, there you go. There are five losses on each team. Now we're looking at the Titans, the other team that really can wreck this thing. At the Patriots, Jaguars, at the Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. Like we just they, they have just one lost. Game. They just, uh, you're right, but they also just lost to the Texans. So you're telling me that the Niners can't beat them? Are you telling me that the Steelers can't get can't catch them? You telling me I mean the Patriots? I mean I 
The Dolphins are playing better. They're playing a lot better. Mm. They're the team that we kind of thought they were heading in now. They're starting to play a lot better football. I'm just saying, I don't buy this Titans team. I think they're catching two losses. So that's what I, 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 I may have already done the playoff simulator and tried to. <laughs> one seed. I mean, I think, I think that even if they don't catch a one seed, I think they'll catch a top three seed. I, I think sure. I, I feel fair. Yeah. Confident. The buy is so important though. Like that's the thing yeah. is the buy is so important with this, you know, with the, with this whole thing. It's, it's well, I think it's statistically, it's been very important to have sure. the ones who have a bye week. So that's where I get. I think it's, I think it's uh, Mike DeVito mentioned on one-on-one yesterday. Go listen to it on the KC sports network podcast. Where are you listening to this? Go back yesterday and listen to <laughs> the one-on-one. Like trying to advertise it as if y'all don't know where to find it. Yeah. But he mentioned uh, getting that late by is super important. And also getting the late Thursday game is super important because that's a mini buy for you. And how important spacing those in the right spots. And when he and Tucker were talking about it and they were talking about how late by here, late mini by there, he was just going, man, that's the dream. Especially with Andy, that's the dream. That's yeah. exactly what you want. So, yeah, I mean, there's something there. All right, should we talk some draft? About time. <laughs> Been waiting yeah. for gosh darn six months now. Yeah, I mean, there's like, there are group chats with, with draft talk year round. Uh, the KC draft guide team and Maddie is always spearheading that. He's always shredding the tape. Um, and the Discord. And the Discord, Discord. That's true. Hey, yeah, if you are a KCSN subscriber, paid subscriber, make sure you subscribe to the Discord channel. If you are not a paid subscriber, make sure you do that because you get access to the KCSN Discord. It's a fun community with all kinds of conversations going on all the time. We even have, like, it's gotten crazy. There's, like, pets of KCSN now. Like, a bunch of people posting their pet pictures, too. Like, it's awesome. awesome. It's very fun. Uh, Okay, Maddie. Well, every Saturday on kcsn.substack.com, you get a watch list of college players to watch that game. You know, of a first-round guy, of probably a top 100 pick, and a guy that's local to the Kansas City area-ish, local-ish, we're going to go with. So, you know, there's draft content coming at you year-round if uh, you are anywhere that I might be putting words into the internet. Uh, okay, well, let's talk a little bit draft. Um, and we'll, I mean, there's going to be a lot of time to unpack players over the course of the next six months. And maybe we'll get to a few names here or there. You know, some guys that stand out pop to us just from a high level. We're not probably putting a grade valuation on them. Oh, Maddie might, but I'm definitely not. But um, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit just about, you know, just like I, I think we're, we're looking here. We're sitting at, sitting this, looking at this football team. And we're, we're seeing things kind of starting to shape up the way we anticipate, um, you know, in some areas of the team. I think we're identifying some of the issues that this team very obviously has in some places that could make a lot of sense for, you know, for upgrades. And assuming Brett Veach doesn't trade their first round pick, what's the one position that you want them to target with your first round pick? And I know that's tricky, Maddie. I know there's a lot of contacts. Don't Maddie answer it. Just give us the position. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Steph Curry free throw on this one and say that I think wide receiver is going to be an area that they spend a lot of time working on. I, but state the very obvious here. They were in on free agent wide receivers this past offseason. They tried to bring in multiple different guys. 
They brought in a guy that hadn't played football since 2019 and got him on the field within two weeks. They tried to get in for Odell Beckham Jr. once he cleared waivers and got to free agency. This team is after wide receivers, and they're not just after guys to fill out a roster, to play special teams. They are desperately searching for another wide receiver to play the majority of the snaps. So, like, I I would be really surprised. If, if the Chiefs don't spend big in free agency, which with Brett Veach is entirely possible, but whether it's a big-name free agency signing or, you know, a top 64 pick at the wide receiver position, I would be absolutely befuddled if one of those two things don't happen for the Chiefs. I think they have to go wide receiver, and if I were placing any kind of off-season addition bet, it would be on wide receiver. Okay. Um uh, there, there's a couple of easier ones. Obviously, that wide receiver position is something they're certainly going to attack. I'm going to go cornerback. And yes, I know who we're talking about and the amount of assets <laughs> that this team pours into that position. But Are you I sure think you do? That I, I'm, you I'm sure, sure about that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure about that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that this team is going to lose Charvarius Ward in free agency. Um, Charvarius is playing quite well right now he really is and he is deserving of a decently sized contract and when i say decently sized i mean it's going to be double digit million apy because that's why that's how expensive corners are and i he's gonna get it i don't know that the chiefs are going to feel the need to invest that sort of contract in that position as it stands they're going to have rashad fenton for another year they still have luxurious need obviously they can trust those two guys but i do think this is a fairly top heavy cornerback group i i feel like if you're getting in on this cornerback group there are enough guys that are going to go rounds one and two that that's probably a position that you can focus on catch a guy, catch some value because there's so many of them and get a guy that can rotate in with those guys. You know, they, they use three guys all the time. So they need three guys that they can trust. It's very clear that they don't trust DeAndre Baker because he's not active anytime. And it doesn't appear like Sad. Mike Hughes is the answer either. So I, I think it's going to be an investment in cornerback and I could I'm completely on board with them spending a higher draft pick on this particular cornerback class I if you were to give me receiver and corner or the field regardless of Brett Veach's track record (laughs) I still think I would take those two I genuinely yeah I would take those two over the field I really like I think those are two very glaring needs on this football team now I think edge could very quickly become yes. another one. Like I, 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 I understand that, but I, we'll see. I, we'll see there too, though. I, you know, I, you know, like I, I. There's the, the reality is there are a lot of issues on this football team where you could you could explain a first round pick at a lot of positions, cornerback, mm-hmm. receiver, edge. You might be able to explain it at interior defensive lineman someone to line up like if there's good value that falls down the board i don't think jordan davis will be there where the chiefs are picking mm-hmm. i know well because he's started to show a little more pass rush juice a little ability to rush the passer he's not a you know he's got he's got more versatility and ability than you know he's really flashed flashed that um but i i'm i i honestly like those are the two positions that really stood out to me as we're sitting here right now 
it seems like the edge position has been resolved a little bit on not for the future, but it makes okay. me wonder what they do to maintain what they've kept or what they have. So does a, a Frank Clark restructure happen? I don't know. Do they try to figure out a way to keep him around? Those are things I think about. You still need one. Oh yeah. What's Mel, what is Melvin Ingram getting paid this year? Boy, is he getting a $3 million, $4 million edge, deal? Passing on an edge in this draft class feels very similar to pick any draft with a heavy position or focus and a team that passed on them, whether it's receiver a couple years ago. Like with any of these drafts that are very like this is as loaded as the draft class has been at edge as long as I can remember. I mean, there is so much talent here. So if you want to spend that as a reason to not take one of the first round, I get Thank it. You. I would counter though with guys, the guys we're looking at here, like there's size guys, there's speed guys, there's combo guys, like expecting to get one of them again at the end of the second round doesn't seem like it's just passing on an edge for the long term. It could be a long-term starter at the edge. And there's a good edge class. There really is to get other positions and to just limp by at defensive end for another year would be a very bold strategy. I was going to say, I was going to Oh, which one of us, which one's out? I'm just going to go. My my betting favorite I like is the wide receiver position. So like if I'm betting, if I'm betting one, I think it's wide receiver. I do think that they'll probably try to find another established player at the receipt, like at the receiver spot for sure but I think they are going to draft your receiver and I will be stunned. I, I I would not be stunned to see it first. I would bet on it being first. Like that's, if I'm tearing them out, I'm going wide receiver. That's where my confidence level is. You know, I, all these issues that we're talking about here, they need a, a real X receiver. I just trade like uh, George Pickens for like, I could see him falling down to the late first round, a guy that some thought would have been a top 10 pick going into, you know, without the injury, without the ACL injury. This is one of those value plays that we talk about in November and he winds up going top 15 uh, because he's just so good at football, uh, you know, because no one's really worried about the ACL. But I'm going to call him a value play right now. Like I could see him like a guy like him. He's like he's the he's the he's the guy that you want in this offense. He's the X receiver, the big body guy that can play the X position. And I think there's a lot of receivers that are in that late first kind of range right now worth discussing that there's such a big pocket of them, I think the value could wind up being there. And so that's where, that's the position I'm going to go with. Like, that's the position I would bet on. And really when I say like, if I, if you gave me those two or the field, it's largely the receiver position because I feel very strongly about that group. I mean, Traylon Burks would be fun. I think he's mm -hmm. a little bit more underdeveloped, but I think he would be a lot of fun. Uh, Chris Olave would be fun. Chris Olave would be a lot of fun. A lot of those guys that are going to be in that general range my thing with that, and and I mean, obviously, this is going to be a much further conversation down the road. How many quarterbacks slip into the first round? Because what we're Huge. talking about right now, we're talking about a very deep wide receiver class, a very deep cornerback class, and a very deep edge class. You want as many of those guys getting pushed down as possible. So I, you're going to need a bunch of quarterback-hungry teams, and they are our arguably the most that there have been in a long time coming up this off season. You're going to need those teams to reach on guys because the chiefs are set and the chiefs are going to be drafting likely late in the draft. It's not going to be one of those situations where they can just up a little bit and grab one of these studs. They're going to need to 
probably stay put, especially because they're going to need other assets as well. Try and take one of these guys. I, I just can't pin it solely on wide receiver just because I can see a run on wide receiver going and the Chiefs just sitting there and going, hey, we got to pick up the litter for cornerback, for edge, and just being like, we're good. We're going to stay put and just take the best one. If you could give me wide receiver and edge versus the field, I would take wide receiver and edge. It's just the the corner and leaving out edges where I get a little lost. Because like if you just look through, you know, as most top 100 boards, a composite 100 board, you're getting about between 10 to 14 edge players in people's top 100. And then, or sorry, so that's incorrect. You're getting about 10 to 12 guys in the top 100 that would fit at least mid-tier Steve Spagnolo criteria. We're talking guys with height and weight because I don't have arm length yet that would fit what Steve Spagnuolo, uh, this is just assuming he's here right now, we don't know, but that would fit his criteria for defensive end. Back. That's a lot of guys compared to years past. And these are good players. Then you flip over to receiver, you have, this is a big receiver class. These past few years have been loaded with wide receivers, but it's been a lot of smaller, thinner slot type guys. And those are the guys that get pushed up draft boards anymore because they run fast. They separate well. This draft class is a lot of bigger guys. There's a lot more X receiver options. This draft class really aligns kind of well with what the Chiefs need. They need an edge. They need a top-end corner. This cornerback class has some depth at specific positions, but I think it's more top-heavy than it is deep. I think there's a a fair amount of guys that I could see being studs, and there's enough that you might get one at the end of the first round, which the Chiefs need a cornerback one more than they need a cornerback two or three kind of a thing. I know that sounds silly to say, but – they need to draft a corner early rather than drafting, you know, another Charvarius Ward if you can get that in the second round, so to speak. So this draft class aligns really well for what the Chiefs want to do. It's just what order do they want to attack it? Then you have to start looking at what's going to be available in free agency. There's there's all sorts of crazy options. Um, I would say this though, George Pickens. If I got to pick one guy that I would love to see fall down to wherever the Chiefs pick, George Pickens has kind of been a guy that I watched a long time when I said that's 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 the dude right there. He does everything you're ever going to want an X wide receiver to do. And I think right now he's out of sight, out of mind because of the injury. But I think he's coming back this weekend. Yeah, uh, I think he participated in warmups last week. My thing, and I'm just one more thought on on just receiver in general. And this is kind of one of the things I've been looking at and thinking a lot about. Travis Kelsey is like my age. He's on the wrong side of 30. Um Tyreek Hill, his his last last year of his contract is next year. He's got one year remaining on his contract. And one thing I, I'm very mindful of is I think this team has failed to keep the cupboard full because they whiffed on Nicole Hardman because they really didn't do anything to go out of their way to address the exposition. Um, so that's one thing that I am pretty mindful of. And I don't think they need to try to get cute at receiver. And I don't think they need to try to get cute at keeping the cupboard full for Patrick Mahomes. And so that's one of the things that I think about is like, they need to prioritize it. They don't need to don't remove, remove as little of the mystery about that position, about the pass catching options as possible, because that is one thing that I think is very important moving forward. And they need to give a guy uh, a year. If George Pickens is a value play because of injuries in November, Hey, then that's a guy that I am. uh, I'm going to be looking at. And if you're looking at engagement rings, Make sure that you talk to Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. I keep telling you guys this, and it's been great to hear some feedback from some people that did go in. I, it's not just me saying this. I've got feedback from people that went in that spoke to Hal. 
They talked to him. They set their appointment. They went to ruback.co. They set their appointment with Hal. They had a conversation with him. They got his full attention. He showed them a little bit about the ring buying process, about the custom jewelry making process, why they're able to provide the value that they're able to provide compared to other people out there in, in the jewelry industry. Uh, the variety of options, the customization that they can present. Other people have been able to have that experience. It's it's a no pressure, no hassle environment. It's been, you know, wonderful to get to work with them. And people that I've talked to are having the same experience. So if you are looking to get an engagement ring, if you're looking to do any kind of jewelry, custom jewelry, whatever, go talk to Hal at Ruback Fine Jewelry. Go to ruback.co, fill out uh, the form on the website, set an appointment with him. I promise you won't regret it. You have to make him part of your ring buying process, your jewelry buying experience. It, you will not regret it. I promise you. Maddie, what'd you have? You had something else you want to talk about real quick before we got out of here? Oh yeah. I just say one, one little thing here. I want each of you to give me one player that you've just seen this season in college football that has really caught your attention that you would love to see the chiefs draft and preferably not somebody that we've already mentioned. So Kent, you can go first. So I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. And there's a local kid that I do want to talk about that just got a Shrine Bowl invite. So I'm kind of wanting to just talk a little bit about him. And maybe the Chiefs aren't going to go to him because they already grabbed another tight end. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to Maddie answer it. But I want to shout out Garrett Prince out of UAB. Started at Butler Community College. He's a Shawnee Mission kid. He has got an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl. And at one point in this season, he was averaging, I believe, over 20 yards per reception. He was kind of a big play, explosive, vertical tight end for UAB. And I'm excited to give this guy uh, some eyes. I'm hoping to get to talk to a local kid there uh, when we're at the Shrine Bowl. So uh, really looking forward to uh, to getting to, to try to talk to him. And, and I'm excited to, to see him, you know, get live eyes on him because he's a big athletic dude, has operated vertically and had a lot of success at UAB there this year. Well, I'm going with a more obvious one. <laughs> I'm not going that deep. Um, I'm going with Sauce Gardner. I'm on Sauce hey! Gardner. Great one. Great one. I mean, my man's got athleticism. He's got length. He is an exceptional tackler. He's he a great clothing line. Great clothing line. <laughs> it just has sauce on it. Like he'd fit, he'd fit right in Kansas City. You guys, seriously, he would. <laughs> but he's he's very physical. The part of his knock is that he's more of a press man corner and that he can be a little grabby. Guess who loves grabby physical corners? Steve Spagnolo. He's got all kinds of athleticism and he's got ball skills like he is fun as hell to watch i would love for the chiefs to invest in him he might be gone before the chief pick in the first round for all i know but damn he's a good player i'm gonna i'll stick to the top of the draft board as well i'm gonna go with one of the more popular names over the past month of college football david ajabo defensive end out of michigan kid Ooh. is an absolute freak. He gives me incredibly strong Jason Owa vibes from two years ago. The only difference is he's a lot, he's twice as productive already. Same thing. Didn't play football until he got into high school, was a basketball player, switched to football. He's still kind of learning the position, but it seems like he's taken to it a little bit earlier. He's he's explosive off the line of scrimmage. I don't think he's quite, you know, four two six or whatever Jason Owa reportedly could run in the 40 time, but he's still a freak athlete. I think his high school 100-meter time was under 11 seconds, which as a defensive end is pretty darn impressive. He's an explosive guy that's only getting better. If he comes out this year, because he is draft eligible, I could easily see him going in that same 
Jason Owa range of the NFL draft because he's not a complete project yet. He's a guy that's going to need some time. But man, you want to talk about high upside, he has it all right now. And I think he's got a big matchup coming up with Ohio State. If he can make an impact there on the main stage, look out. I, I think the sky's the limit. I think I think Owa being good helps him. I'm not sure he's going to be there at 32 where the Kansas City Chiefs will be picking. Ooh, I'm back. Look at, Insert, look at all these some, players that are going before 32. My goodness. Well, there's 31. We didn't talk about 31 players today. Do we want to? I can do it real quick. No, we're good. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory, a live edition. And genuinely, with all sincerity, we are incredibly thankful for anybody that's watched, that's listened, uh, that's supported KCSN. This has been such a fun six months for us. And we would be remiss to not mention all of you and tell you thank you. And we are just cannot tell you uh, how much this has all meant to me. So uh, and, and us, too. So uh, thank you. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you get to spend it with people that you love. Uh, I got to spend 45 minutes with people I love. And we'll catch you later. That includes you, Tucker. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.